Welcome to episode 187 of the Rugby League Republic podcast with your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. In this episode, our first one for 2021, we preview the 2021 NRL season. Join, join us as we build a rugby league community for all. The Rugby League Republic podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 187 of the Rugby League Republic podcast, where we aim to bring you the everyday fan's perspective on the greatest game of all, Rugby League. This is Rugby League for the people, and joining us today, joining me today, is Tish. Tish, 2021 is upon us. How are you feeling? Have you had a good break over Christmas and all that stuff? Yes, Dr. T, I've enjoyed my break. Welcome to 2021, Dr. T. Welcome, everybody, to 2021 Rugby League. Uh, back and better than ever. And, uh, you know, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Birthday, Happy Valentine's Day, Happy Chinese New Year. Uh, this is the year of the ox. Um, so so does that mean we are ready for a Cowboys victory in 2021? Well, we'll see what the crystal ball will tell us. But, yeah, I'm doing well, Dr. T. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Is it the year of the ox or is it the year of the fox? Josh oh. Adokar. I don't know. I don't know. But look, look, who knows? Uh, the, the ox, is that what? Uh, yeah, Cowboys. Could be the Cowboys year. Who knows? I don't think so, though. <laughs> it doesn't sound – doesn't – I don't think I would have put I would put money on it if I were you, but let's let's. Uh, mm. But look, um, yeah, it's been a big uh, look. Last year, look, yeah, last year. Let's just say last year was a boring year, wasn't it? No, nothing much happened. <laughs> nothing nothing much happened. Uh, nothing to speak of here, and we're looking forward to this year. Uh, you know, this year is is all about redemption. It's all about mm. putting twenty twenty behind us. Twenty twenty vision is all behind us. Unfortunately, we want to look forward to the future. We've got a lot of exciting things happening in the world of rugby league, and uh, for us over here in Sydney, Australia, it all starts with the NRL. And uh, look, we've just had a, a, a momentous uh, ten-all draw in the Maori versus uh, Aboriginal All Stars, Indigenous All Stars, uh, the traditional match that uh, that kind of kicks off the season. Uh, we just had that on the weekend, so it's it's all guns blazing now. They're starting to play the NRL trial matches, and look, what we wanted to do in this first episode of the year is to basically do what we always do uh, in our first episode. We want to gaze into the Rugby League Republic crystal ball mm. and see if we can predict our future, uh, the future of 2021. And uh, look, I've got to say, I believe I accidentally broke the crystal ball last year because I don't think anyone saw COVID happening um, and, and what it did to, to professional sports worldwide. Uh, we did not see that coming and what it would end up uh, doing to the uh, the premiership. But, um, uh, but yeah, so look, let's just launch right into it, shall we? Let's get into it. 
All right. So here we go with the crystal ball. We're polishing up the ball. We, uh, we're cranking it up. I believe it's battery-operated, so we have to put some AA batteries in there. Oh, there you go. It's lit up. And now we're <laughs> going to predict. We're going to start the predictions here, Tish. So now we're going to – first of all, we're going to predict our top eight. And our top eight, uh, we're going to get one point. At the end of the year, what we're going to do is we're going to look back and see how we've, how we've gone with this. So predict your top eight, and uh, you will get one point at the end of the year for each correct one. So, Tish, over to you. Who do you think is going to get into the top eight? Okay, well, look, after uh, much analysis and de-analysis into, uh, into sort of, you know, going through different sort of uh, thoughts and philosophies, different strategies, uh, you know, some breathing techniques, some yoga, some uh, calisthenics to try and work out uh, what would it be, you know, I was just standing on my head for half an hour trying to work out who would be in the 2021 top eight. I think I've come up with it, and I think uh, the, the rabbits of South Sydney, the Storm of Melbourne, the Panthers of Penrith, the Titans of Gold Coast, Canberra Raiders, the Roosters of the Eastern Suburbs, the Cronulla Sharks, and the Tigers. Wow. Well, you know, I've got to say, there's a couple of surprises there. Okay. Um, Tish, <laughs> a couple of ones which I'm not. I'm going to question you on very quickly before we move on. Yes. But look, I'll go through mine quickly. Uh, very similar. I've got South Storm, Panthers. Uh, I've also got Tigers, Raiders, and Roosters. But I've got two that you don't have. So you had Titans yeah. and Sharks. I do not think they'll make the top eight. I'm going to put Eels and Bulldogs. Okay. I actually believe the Bulldogs have recruited very well, and I think they're going to um, have a bit of a bump in terms of their performances this year. So in contrast, you've gone Titans Sharks. So uh, you know, are you are you you're banking on the Panthers and the Tigers being the only Western Sydney representatives in the yes, top eight? Man. I'm banking on all of them being there. That's right. I don't know if you've been listening to uh, Westside Gangster Rap uh, during the break. Oh, why wouldn't <laughs> I? Especially during Christmas. It's Christmas favourites. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, look, look. I think the way the way I looked at it is that the Titans finished off the season uh, brilliantly last year, um, and I think um, you know, and that was with a squad that uh, sort of didn't really have, um, you know, that I mean. You know, they had some good players, but they didn't really have any sort of stars and everything. Uh, this year, they do. They have actually recruited very well as well. Obviously, they've got Fafita in there, but they've signed a few uh, forwards from Melbourne as well um, that have come through. And, you know, I predict that Cameron Smith is also going to join this team. Um, we still don't know whether he's going to play or not. Uh, but I think just the fact that they, you know, they, they ended up almost making uh, the top eight last year um, and they sort of came from nowhere. So I thought if they... If they sort of uh, have that a similar sort of run, I think they're going to be a lot closer than what they were last year. There's certainly a roster that's that built has built themselves up. Um, and look, obviously, as a Tiger supporter, you know I'm always hopeful for them to make the top eight. But I think the James Roberts factor has has got them in there. Um, the Sharks, for me, uh, I would say was a bit of a, a gamble, but I went on the basis that last year they didn't really have a great year. They, they had some absolutely terrible games, but they still made the top eight. And one thing that I've noticed about the Sharks is that um, they've got a lot of really good players that sort of come off the bench and um, and from their lower grades. And this year they're going to have access to the lower grades a bit better since the lower grade players will be actually playing footy as well. So I think the Sharks' nursery of talent is what's going to get them into the top eight. 
Um, and look, I think, uh, yeah, so the teams from this year that actually made the top eight that are missing out, I think the Knights, because I think there's been just too much drama at the Knights um, at the moment and their off-seasons, I really don't know how they've improved their squad. And unfortunately, Dr. Taylor, I'll have to say the Eels because the Eels have had two great seasons. Um, but I don't know if they've... Um, I don't know if they've added to their roster over the season or they've developed their roster over the over the uh, you know over the off season enough for me to go. They're going to go one step further, and I think if you're you know if you're not uh, if you're not sort of progressing, you are regressing, and I have a feeling it might be a, a regressing year, unfortunately, for Eels fans and and the Eels. Well, we shall wait and see. Uh, let's see. But the Crystal. Bulldogs, I've got to say the Bulldogs are sorry. I mean, they, they were, they were going to be last. They would be last any other season if Brisbane wasn't so terrible, right? <laughs> so uh, do well, you think yeah. – yeah. I mean, I know he's a bit of a magician, um, you know, a trend carrot. But can he, can, he, can, he over, can he really do it? Like, what, I mean, who, who – what's the – I mean, they've signed some really good players, but – they haven't really signed uh, Johnny Raper or, or anybody like that, right? Well, no, but I think they're just they're they're getting. I think they're just getting their act together. You know, I think that it's it's just about um, mm. it's just about getting. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, there, there's not no one in particular, but I think that there's just. I think there's a strong feeling in the club that they've recruited. Some solid, uh, solidly in different positions, and I think, uh, um, yeah, I, I think I just, I just tend to think that that of all the clubs that, like, even though they were dead last last year and they were kind of um, struggling a lot, they were very much, uh, or for most of the, year, they were very much competitive uh, mm-hmm. in in many cases. So you never kind of, I mean, you know, it's one of those situations where they had, they put in a lot of effort and all it needs is a bit of a bit of structure and a bit of positivity. And I think they're going to play with confidence. I'm not necessarily going to say they're going to go very deep into the finals, but I think they've got potential to sneak in there, which is why I put them at eight. So, um, but anyway, so that's the top, our top eight, our predictions for our top eight, but let's go to our, you know, ultimately who do we think is going to be there in the big dance? And mm. and look, I've I, I must admit I've I've got a you know in the last few years I have uh, I have opted for the Eels to be there. I've pre- I've expected high things from them, and this year is no different. I'm expecting them to be in the grand final. I'm predicting that they will be, and I'm pre- predicting an Eels and Souths grand final because wow. I believe that Souths have a bit of an X factor there, which we're going to talk about later, and uh, I think will be enough to push push them over the edge. And push them ahead of some of the other teams that, that have, uh, you know, in the last year or so, uh, shown their dominance. So I think there's going to be a bit of a shifting of the guard. Uh, we saw the Storm and the Panthers last year, and Roosters kind of dominate, and Eels to some extent. And I think the Eels are at the point where I think they will, opposite to you, Tish, I think they will improve, and I think they will improve to, to an extent that... On the back of uh, players like Clint Gutherson uh, taking more of a leadership role with another year of Origin behind him, I believe that they will uh, they will elevate uh, he will elevate the entire team to the grand final and to premiership success. Tish, what about you? Yeah, look, I have gone for the Storm because I seem to be able to make it every year. And... <laughs> it's like the Tom Brady of uh, it's the Tom Brady of the NRL. They're just always there. 
Yeah, yeah, and but I, I also think that they'll take on the I'll take on South, who who became who were very very close last year, and I believe South will take it out. Look on paper, I don't think that there is any other team better than South. Um, you know, I started thinking about you know they've got Latrell, a uh, back at fullback. You know, he was injured towards the end of last year. Um, Cody Walker was absolutely on fire towards the final series. You know, I still I can't forget that play where he had the ball in both hands and there were three Roosters players running in three different directions because nobody could predict what he was going to do with the ball. Um, and then you've got the ever-reliable, uh, you know, Adam Reynolds at, at, at half-back, putting him into great positions. They've got a forward pack that absolutely plays well, you know, Cam Murray and the like, um, you know, quick palatables and all that sort of thing. And then, you know, you've also got, um, you know, you've got, you got wingers that can score tries. You know, you know, had the... The, the try, try scorer of the season last year, you know, the league try scorer. And, um, you know, and I go strength and strength. And, uh, you know, we sort of criticised the roosters of the salary cut sombrero. Uh, but I think South might also have uh, a little bit of a – I'm not too sure what's going on there. But, you know, they were able to sign Benji as well, you know. so And, um, and Josh Mansour, I believe, as well. So they've got... yeah. Yes, exactly. So – um, it, very, very interesting type of thing. You know, they've got, um, yeah, uh, like, you know, uh, is it Gray, uh, Aaron Gray, Cameron Gray, something, you know, he, Aaron Gray, I think it is. He's, he's a phenomenal player as well. So they've got, so they've got some young talent as well that I think is also on the rise. So I just think that they've just got so much. And I was even thinking about this. Uh, what is a better squad? Um, you know, the 2020 Queensland Oregon squad or the 2021 South Sydney squad? And you can make an argument that the South are actually a better team than what Queensland uh, was able to produce in in uh, in the grand, in the state of origin last year. And uh, you know Wayne Bennett was the coach that got it done. So two great coaches, two great teams. That's what I think. Um, Eels and South look. I would I'd much prefer to be in that grand final. I much prefer that grand final to come. But I don't know. Uh, I have my doubts now on the Brad Arthur experience in the Port Chile. I think the uh, you know, the, the straight sets uh, losses in both semifinal series, uh, you know, in a row, uh, that's... Uh, <laughs> you don't have, yeah. to, don't have to dig it in there, Sorry Tish. about that. You don't have to remind <laughs> me. But look, yeah. I, would, I, I think it's fair to say that, look, as much as, uh, you know, he's had his successes, there's also been failures, and that's been an example of that. And I think many fans would be uh, a bit impatient with this uh, you know, let's build on on this next year. You know, they want results. <laughs> At some point, we we want results and and uh, and and no more excuses. So I think uh, this could possibly be uh, Brad Arthur's last uh, chance. I think before questions are going to be asked. So uh, this is why I'm thinking that it all come together this year. Uh, you know, let's not forget that for a good part of last season, in a in an uh, uh, you know, a, a very uh, drama-filled, drama-dominated and disrupted season, the Eels were actually, you know, probably one of the top two teams for most of the season and then just fell away at the end, uh, you know, and I think I think they've got the potential. So it's time to turn potential into reality. But, uh, look, let's move on to the next uh, question we're going to ask the Crystal Ball, which is about the still sticking on NRL Grand Final this time we're going to a bit of a detour here. We're going to predict the halftime entertainment. Uh, and look, 
We've had a shocking run in the last few years. We've predicted everyone from Alice Cooper to to Puff Daddy, uh, and none of this has come to pass. So I'm hoping this year, Tish, that our crystal ball will actually be crystal clear. I'm seeing uh, very much some clarity here. I'm thinking that on the back of his uh, COVID-safe uh, uh, Super Bowl halftime performance, I'm predicting the weekend will be recruited to uh, wow. to do some of the halftime entertainment in the NRL Grand Final in in a world first uh, where we recruit the uh, the current Super Bowl halftime entertainment on, in the same year. So Tish, uh, I've got I'm expecting big things from PVL Peter Valandis to pull mm. the, pull this coup off, and I think uh, he can do it. Tish, uh, who are you thinking will be uh, – what, what is your crystal ball telling you? Well, look, I think um, your prediction is, is quite solid, actually, with the weekend. I mean, let's be honest, the Super, the Super Bowl is a is a uh, sort of a stepping stone event um, before the actual NRL World Final, which right. is the uh, biggest event in the world. So, you know, I think the weekend, although he has been unproven on the big stage – so far, uh, it is going to happen for him, uh, you know, perhaps this year. But, look, um, you know, I just want the NRL to tell me something. Are they are they lonely in this uh, modern world or do they need more? You know, is it, is, it, is it so hard for the NRL to be so hardcore? Um, and then, look, I just think that they will need to go in the, in the, sh- in the shallows. So let's bring out Lady Gaga. And Bradley Cooper, um, I think I think that duo has uh, rocked the world in 2019 with their uh, with their movie that uh, you know created uh, actually a family, uh, but they haven't been able to cash in in 2020 because of COVID restrictions. But I think it's now time for their big payday. Let's let's get them out here for the grand final and let's let's show them the rugby league is a sport about love and uh, no way to prove love better than than to watch a star being born on grand final day. Wow. And, you know, nothing says that we've moved uh, into the stratosphere of marketing, that we've left Tina Turner behind and gone gaga for gaga. <laughs> gone gaga for gaga. That's, that's right. It. So, look, that's a good prediction. Uh, let's see how terrible they are by the end of the year. We'll probably be way off. But, look, the next thing we're going to predict is our State of Origin series results and winners. We're going to get two points for this, one for the winner and one for the actual uh, the, the, the result over the series. And look, uh, you know, I, I think for the last two years running, Tish, I have been so strong on the Blues dynasty that I've predicted a New South Wales whitewash, and that has not come to pass. Of course, Queensland is the current champions. And uh, however, I think that New South Wales can turn it around. I think this year they will go 2-1 up in this series. Uh so I'm looking forward to it. Tish, what is your crystal ball telling you? Well, my crystal ball is telling me that uh, if it's anything like last year, actually, no, I'm just not saying that. But look, uh, around June last year, all the Queensland teams were struggling. And um, I think Melbourne were actually struggling with a couple of losses as well. So I'm thinking about mid-season, it's, it's a bit cold. You know, we're sort of post-Easter. You know, I think that's when the, uh, you know, that's when, you know, I don't think the Queensland style play suits them that well. Um, so I'm going to pick, I think, New South Wales this year. Because um, you've got to remember, it's Melbourne, Sydney, uh, Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane. And I think I, I think all the I think it's the other way around. I think it's Melbourne, Brisbane, and Sydney. 
all the Melbourne Prison League. City. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So look, I think I think it's just um, you know, I think I think New South Wales have got a great chance to win Melbourne. I think they could do it up in Queensland as well, and then they're going to come home and bring it home, you know, at Stadium Australia. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to predict the Blues three 0 whitewash after so many years. Wow. Well, I mean, I, I must admit, normally I'd be on on your side on that, but uh, I saw some of the uh, <laughs> some of the the um, Mitchell Pierce uh, tactics of uh, Brad Fittler last year, and I was not heartened. By, by what I saw, and they've got a lot to turn around. So even just the fact we're predicting New South Wales, I think, is a big, big prediction. So let's see how they go. And let's not forget that this year, Origin will go back into its mid-season position, whereas last year it finished off uh, post-NRL Grand Final, which obviously has a bit of a different kind of uh, flavour and context to it. So uh, maybe that could be uh, why Queensland was advantaged with Munster, of course, uh, you know, dominating uh, and the, both that team entirely dominating, I think, New South Wales in the second and third games. Um, all right, so now we're going to predict the biggest rugby league news story of the year, and we are never short of possible <laughs> news stories in rugby league. Uh, and look, this this year I think I'm, I'm going with something which, look, to be honest, I don't know if this story is already dying down, but I'm... I've, if there's one thing we haven't heard uh, enough of during the off season, it is whether Cam Smith will bloody retire or not from the NRL. <laughs> it's been the longest going, ongoing saga. It's you know I wouldn't be surprised if if they uh, if if he if he turn if you know if they they create a reality TV show out of this drama because it, it is it is so drama filled that uh, you, you couldn't even write this the script. Um, so I'm thinking that that will be the biggest news story of the year, that he will actually say officially, yes, I retire. And I, I believe the current news is he has not officially retired. Is that right? Because I, I, I can't yeah. really tell if he has or hasn't. There's a lot of rumours. Um, and I think currently the information we have at hand is we don't know yet. <laughs> he, he's likely to, but he hasn't officially said anything, although – it's likely that it will happen because of the storm, uh, you know, appointing two co-captains, so uh, which aren't him. <laughs> so basically, that will be interesting. Um, Tish, what do you think is going to be the biggest rugby league news story of the year? Well, look, Doctor Tao, I think that's uh, yeah. We don't know about Cameron Smith, and I kind of predicted that we may not even know even until the end of next season what he's actually doing. <laughs> um, so, but look, you know, I'm just thinking about uh, last year when we you know, had the restart, we came back, we changed all these rules, you know. And then again, at the end of the season last year, December 11th, you know, we've got some rules and some of these rules, uh, I never thought in my lifetime I'd see changes like they've done, you know, they're sort of getting rid of the scrum, which I've talked about for years. Um, you know, they've they've gone to a two-point field goal, you know, for more than 40 metres out. Like, that's unbelievable, that rule. So I'm thinking, you know what, they're going to go further. They are going to go further. So, you know what I think they're going to introduce next year? I think the biggest news story is that they get moved to four quarters and 12-man te- team. You know, I think, oh, <laughs> what? I think 12 players on every team, like, you know, 12 on 12 instead of 13 on 13 on the field. I think they're going to get rid of the 5-8, um, you know, because, you know, what's 5-8 of, of, you know, four quarters? Nobody knows. So, um, you know, so I think it's just too hard to figure that out. So, 
I think they're just going to go to 12-man foot and get rid of the 5 eighth. I think that's that's basically it. I mean, they're now called the halves anyway. They don't really play in set positions anymore. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, they're going to open up the field. They, they have uh, – they don't want anybody to tackle anybody. Uh, I feel like it's just become an attack-minded sport. There is, um, there is, you know, when there's not, there's nothing for the defense apart from one-on-one strips to be able to get the ball back when the other team has momentum. That's the real problem. So the problem is the game is a hundred percent decided on the referee's whistle on on how many six against and how, and possession is basically the key to this. If you hold all the ball, you win the game. It's become that simple, and uh, I don't like that. So, I I think that they're even going to go even further and just go to twelve man footy, and you know, and try to even open it up a, a bit more because, uh, you know, I'll, yeah, unless they go the other way, but I, and I kind of hope they go the other way and figure out a way that they could get the defense to be able to have a bit more opportunity to win the ball back. All right. Well, I mean, I don't know how that's going to go. There's some big predictions there. Yeah. But look, uh, let's move on to the next one. So, look, NRL and rugby league in general is uh, often uh, scandal-ridden, and uh, we've got no end of of scandals that uh, that that occur in this game, unfortunately. But what we're going to do now is predict uh, what's going to be the biggest rugby league scandal of the year. Tish, do you want to go first on this one? Yeah. Look, absolutely. Look, this was a real hard one for me because. Just when you think rugby league players couldn't get any worse, there's usually a story out there that it goes even worse. So, um, and I think we've seen it all, right? You know, the most ridiculous, uh, you know, the most ridiculous scandal we could ever think of, Dr. T, um, they seem to outdo it, you know, and, uh, you know, like, uh, and that's unfortunate, right? But it's kind of the truth, you know, you, you hear everything. So I thought, what could be absolutely so ridiculous that not even an NRL player can actually be involved in, but you know what? I came up with something that um, that I'm going to go as my bold prediction, and that is an NRL player gets implicated in a US election scandal, right? So um, wow. whether there's – because we can't even prove whether there's a scandal or not. You know, we've had, we've had like the, the White Horse uh, – White House, sorry, the horse. Maybe a White Horse stormed the White House, but that would be interesting. But um, – <laughs> You know, but like we've had a White House thing going on, and you think you know the NRL can possibly not be involved in that, but somehow, I feel like an NRL player was. It's just it's just the nature of what we do at the NRL. We just get ourselves in all sorts of trouble, and I think this is uh, you know, I I, I won't be surprised if this is it. Wow. So the 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 guy that stormed the the Capitol wearing the uh, the bullhorns and everything <laughs> did look a little bit like Ricky Stewart to me. <laughs> So I'm just sort of I just put that out there. I don't know if it was him, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a big one. But look, I'm I'm going a bit closer to home. Uh, it's just a local story, I believe, that will be a big scandal, and I believe it's got to do with an NRL player possibly being jailed on some sort of a gambling related charge. So I think uh, I think uh, you know. It's as if as if NRL players aren't bored enough with with, uh, <laughs> with just training, playing, training, playing. Some of them uh, want to have too much money and time on their hands, and uh, 
Yeah. And I believe uh, some of them uh, have problems with addiction. So I think uh, gambling being in a, one of those addictions, I think is going to get one of them into too much trouble. Obviously, okay. we we are hoping that this is not the case. But, of course uh, not. This is a crystal yeah. ball after all, and this is what it's telling me. Well, Doctor T, I think your uh, I think your prediction has gotten close <laughs> over the years on multiple occasions, right? Uh, for some players, probably gotten close every night, right? So, um, <laughs> you know, I suppose like a gambling charge. Are you thinking like a, a major Ocean's Eleven style heist? Um, I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm thinking it might be uh, you know trying to uh, you know trying to swindle someone or something out of a lot of money and okay. uh, i think it's uh, whether it's i don't know if it, i'm not i'm not thinking a, an ocean's 11 kind of I, I i certainly can't imagine that nrl players will be uh, uh, as uh, astute enough to come um. up with a foolproof plan to to you know to rob las vegas of uh, of of some of the casinos of their money but i think i they, i just i just get the feeling that that this would be, uh, it would rock the NRL. There would be someone who's doing something dodgy, uh, and 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 it's not just a typical kind of you know. In the past years, uh, the the easy salute, the easy kind of uh, crystal ball tells me that there's going to be a violence charge or a domestic violence or you know all that kind of stuff. We seem to hear a lot of these stories, unfortunately, and I'm I'm hoping that this year that's not the case, and and instead we're going to get. Uh, possibly something like that. But look, this is a very negative one. We certainly don't think it's going to happen, but uh, it seems that there's always something, some big drama that the, that some players are getting involved in. And so, uh, yeah, let's hope for zero scandals. I, I will gladly get zero points for this. <laughs> if we, go, if yeah, we get here. through a scandal-free year, it would be amazing uh, and yeah. uh, almost unheard of. But look... Speaking pretty- of negativity... Yeah, look, one thing we do like, though, is uh, is uh, crapping on the NRL coaches and wondering when one of them is going to get sacked at some point. Um, last year, we had, uh, we had like a record four, I think, sacked during the year, something like that, three or four. So there's always an opportunity for an NRL coach to be sacked. And uh, what we're doing here is we're predicting who it will be, if at all, and when, uh, just for an extra point there. So... Tish, uh, I'm actually thinking that uh, from the Tigers, Michael Maguire will actually, wow. even though I'm predicting they make it. So you might be thinking, but uh, Dr. T, you predicted that they're getting into the top eight. How is that so? Well, here is the thing. I think there will be a change of leadership towards wow. the back end of the season, a new coach and a bump in performance. will see them uh, sneak into the top eight just as they're on the edge and 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 actually, I'm, I'm thinking what will happen is they'll start well, then they'll drop off dramatically, and uh, and then Michael Maguire will will not see the end of the season there at the Tigers. That's the truth. That's what the crystal ball is telling me, Tish. I I think there's some trouble in Tigerland and the way he coaches, and uh, I think it's just going to come to a head this year. What about you? Well, uh, look. Uh, this was a tough one for me because, as you said, there were so many coaches last year that lost their roles. So I think it's five teams, actually. Uh, the Bulldogs, um, the Dragons, the Warriors, uh, the Broncos, and the Cowboys all having new coaches this year. So that would I mean that's five teams already that are likely, hopefully, not going to drop their coach because they've just got a new one in. 
and then you would have had Adam O'Brien and, uh, you know, Titans coach uh, Holbrook being two new coaches last year as well. Um, so that gives you seven. So we're already halfway through. Obviously, the top eight squads, you wouldn't think that, uh, you know, Robinson or Bellamy or, uh, you know, or, or anybody from the Raiders or any, you know, Ricky or anybody like that would be in trouble. So, look, that kind of leads <laughs> kind of two squads in the middle. And because I am a Tiger supporter and I believe that Michael Maguire has also signed the five-year contract uh, extension, which would uh, also also usually mean disaster for a coach if they get a long-term contract as well. But I'm going to go the other way and I'm going to put John Morris's name there because even though he's made the grand final two years in a row, the reality is Flanagan, who's the coach they've always wanted to have, um, you know, uh, he is, uh, I believe, his suspension, uh, PVL has already talked about uh, because, you know, he's actually served his first uh, one and then the second one was he wasn't supposed to email somebody and he did. Um, but I think PVL is going to get that waived. So that's going to open the door for Mr. Flanagan to come in. And I think the Sharks will, in a heartbeat, drop John Morris and, uh, and sign, uh, and sign uh, you know, Flanagan again. Now, interestingly, uh, now I'm thinking about John Morris. I believe he's actually a really good coach. And, um, you know, he's taken a team that is a bit over the hill. <laughs> right. And uh, matched it with a team of uh, young guys coming in as well. So you know, he's, I think he's done a fairly good job. I, I think you know, it's been a bit harsh on him. But look, if he if he loses his job and perhaps Maguire doesn't, you know, have the performance they want, we could even see him go to the Tigers as a coach. I mean, he's a former West Tigers player as well, so mm. that could also be very interesting. But uh, look, we always just when we think the merry-go-round of coaches will will stop. Uh, it doesn't. And, uh, you know, I think we've also heard about perhaps uh, Bennett and Bellamy are also, uh, you know, sort of set to, you know, retire from coaching at the end of this season. Yeah. So with those placements out of the way, what that's going to do is that, you know, um, coaches from other clubs are going to try and position themselves to get those jobs, which in turn – might cause a sacking here or there. and Yes, yes. Yeah, and Good we're point. back in. Yeah, we're back in, you know, uh, you know, Bellamy in and uh, Bennett out and we do the hokey pokey and that's yeah. what it's all about. So sacking's due to not performance but disloyalty. That's right. That's uh, right. There you so, go. That's a typical NRL thing. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> it is. The next one is uh, predicting the biggest NRL rising star. And so – Look, I've got to say we've had uh, some some successes in, in this <laughs> over the years. Uh, this time, I'm going to go for just the hype, and I think the hype is all about Joseph Suwali, I think the name is, who oh, yeah. was uh, famously, I think a 17-year-old, famously was uh, set to sign with South Sydney, cross-code star as well, and has backflipped. Uh, and is now with the Roosters, so I'm I'm predicting big things for him. What about you, Tish? I think Stefano Urukamanu um, will be an absolute star. You know, he'll be a household name, Stefano Urukamanu, and um, you know he uh, obviously has been languishing at the Eels for the last few seasons. Um, they haven't recognised talent uh, right from <laughs> under their noses. That's typical the Eels, times, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Tigers have snapped you up. But actually, no, no. I, uh, from from what I've heard, in fact, that uh, he was in the same uh, he was in the same sort of uh, team growing up as Payne Haas and uh, David Fafeta, I think it was, or it could have been another player of that alumni. And out of the three of them, he was actually the one predicted to go all the way. And uh, he was up the eels, and I think there was a bit of issue around, um, you know, uh, I think there was a, a teammate or a brother. Something something happened, and it soured him. Uh, so he left the eels out of principle, apparently, and then um, signed up with the Tigers. So let's see how he does. Um you know, his trial form seems pretty good, but I think he's going to be a great player. Of course, like, uh, you know, he's a huge player and, uh, you know, Tamo is there. They can give him good guidance. So I think that's that's the way. Um, but, look, Joseph Sawalu, I think, is also a very, uh, is, is a very good pick because he's supposed to be a prodigy, right? A, you know, something, you know, a freak of nature type player. So, um, so yeah, so I think two very good predictions. You know, it, it might end up that we might both be right with that, with that one. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, look, related uh, category, predicting the uh, Renaissance Player of the Year, which is basically, you know, a player who um, who makes the best comeback and best kind of improvement. Uh, and, and look, this year I've gone for uh, – well, I've gone for Benji Marshall. Um, I think uh, he will have a major, major impact on South Sydney. Will be part of the reason why I think they'll make the grand final. And um, so, yeah, that's. Uh, I just think he will find a home at South Sydney. Uh, he will find a a role to play uh, under Wayne Bennett that that will make sense, and he will get the best out of him that other coaches in recent years have not been able to. And have seen only glimpses. So I believe, even if he's used as a bench player, it doesn't really matter what role he plays. I believe he will make such an impact that, uh, yeah, it will be widely felt across uh, across the rugby league landscape. Tish, what is your yeah. prediction of the Renaissance Player of the Year? Well, well, look, another great choice, Benji Marshall. In fact, uh, I, I kind of believe that he's already kind of shown his impact at the Maori uh, for the Maori All Stars as well. Uh, had a great game there, but look. I think I am going to go with a player that has battled some demons over the last few years. We've always seen his talent. He's scored some of the most phenomenal tries ever in in the NRL, uh, and now he's on to another club. Um, but I think I think finally, hopefully, get his outside of rugby league life and head sorted out, and you know, in turn, hopefully, pulls out some great performance for the West Tigers. And that is James Roberts. James Roberts, the John Farnham. Of, uh, of the NRL, another comeback tour, but I think he will come back and uh, and blitz everybody and hopefully get back into the New South Wales Origin team and, and hopefully he'll also even get back to uh, representing footy for Australia. Well, that's a good one and looking forward to either one, I think. Uh, some big, uh, big choices there. And speaking of big, the biggest NRL hero of the year is the next category, so this is where we think, you know, who's going to make the most impact and, and who's going to be seen as the biggest hero. Look, I've, I've, I think it's pretty obvious that I've, I've mentioned Benji Marshall as a Renaissance player of the year, and I think he will stand out as, a, uh, you know, maybe even not so much as an M- MVP or the Dally M medalist, but, but he will get close, I believe. I think he will have such an impact on this south side that uh, it will just add that spark that they need at the right time, and uh, he's also a clutch player, so he kind of uh, 
you know, when required, he can pull out these massive plays. He can pull them out of, uh, uh, you know, from sudden death uh, or, or, you know, during the season as well. So he's got it all. So I think Benji Marshall for mine. What about you, Tish? Yeah, look, I'm actually in 100% agreement. I think the uh, the crystal ball is pretty clear but because I'm also predicting Benji Marshall. Uh, and you know what? I actually wrote this suggestion in before uh, Adam Rundle's coming out and telling us that he's got problems at South. Um, because, you know, I think Benji is kind of, you know, he's that old guard. He's, you know, he's in shape. He's He's got that mind. And, you know, one thing that Tom Brady kind of uh, showed us with uh, – his performances, you know, over that uh, NFL season lately, is that um, you know, there's there's two types of uh, quarterbacks, well, there's two types of playmakers in any sort of um, you know, football code. There's those who set up who set up for points, and those who are who set up for wins. And then Benji is the kind of player that's sort of transformed himself to a a player that was all about getting uh, miraculous moments and scoring tries, and he's turned into a player that 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 sort of um, wants to get the win. You know, he's 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 always positioning himself for the win instead of positioning himself for the play. And I think and I think there's a big difference with that. You know, you kind of see a lot of young halfbacks and young players, they want to have the big, you know, miracle moment that, you know, sort of within the game where they score a phenomenal try, they set up a phenomenal try. I don't think Benji is about that anymore. I think he is about setting up the play that will win the game. And that doesn't necessarily know is always a try. Sometimes it's a try-saving tackle. Sometimes it's a, a 40-20 out of nowhere. Sometimes it's a momentum shift. You know, sometimes it is a try. And I think Benji's got all those facets to make that happen. And, um, you know, and I hope that um, it's a real learning experience by watching him play for a lot of these young halves who sort of um, can, can put off the moments to score those big tries, but can they pull off the moments to score the big wins? And I think that's what Benji can bring. And, and I'm gonna, we're going to see that art come backing in, I believe, this year for South. Even if he's playing off the bench for most of the season, I still think he's going to be a real hero for that club. All right. And our final category, flip side of the hero is the villain. Who's Ooh. going to be the biggest NRL villain of the year? And look, this year I'm going for someone who I also predicted would be a villain last year. It wasn't the case at all. But I'm still sticking with him. Cameron Munster from the Storm, I believe, will be the villain. And let me just be clear, that doesn't mean he won't have a good season. What I mean is that what will happen is there will be a point where he will uh, he, his behaviour will have cost his team. And I'm in particular focusing on State of Origin. Now, he's obviously raised expectations that... You know, he dominated uh, two of those games in State of Origin last year, hence leading Queensland to victory. I believe this year, and part of the reason why I'm predicting New South Wales will win, is that I still saw some signs of his immaturity and and inability to kind of um, control his emotions during the match and, and lead from the front. Um, and so I'm seeing, I'm thinking that those... Those red flags will come out a little bit more when put under pressure by a competent New South Wales team, and and I believe that that will lead to some frustration and and quite possibly, and this is why I think he'll be the the biggest villain of the year. Quite possibly, a series of uh, you know possible brain explosions will will be from him will be the direct reason why New South Wales wins the series. Uh, potentially he puts his team, uh, you know, gets simbined or something like that. 
causes uh, you know a penalty against his team because of his uh, his behaviour. And I think uh, that he will then come to be seen as, uh, yeah, the villain in that context. So, look, that's my final prediction. Uh, what about yours? Biggest NRL villain of the year? Well, uh, you know, that's a very good analysis there, uh, Dr. T, channeling Agent Rossi from the uh, Behavioural Science Unit of the FBI. Um, and, look, if we are going to try and profile a, a villain this year, well, I'm thinking about somebody who has uh, had a career that's all about organisation but then has been very disorganised in the off-season trying to predict when he will actually retire. And that is a, that is a very uh, sharp change in behaviour. And we did also see some incidences last year where there was some, uh, you know, maybe some, some underlying, um, you know, uh, underlying uh, villainous acts that have, um, through triggers of trying to outwit his coach, saw him, uh, you know, uh, you know, put his finger up in the air at little kids in the audience, right, uh, that were sitting in front of Craig Bellamy. So um, with that type of behaviour and sort of the unpredictability, uh, the apparently most organised player in rugby league that hasn't figured out when he's going to retire, uh, I think might end up being a, a really great, <laughs> unfortunately, a really bad villain of 2021, I actually give that to Cameron Smith. You know, Cameron Smith, we've, we've talked about all season, what are you going to do? Are you going to play or not play? You know, we've already had the, the you know, the, the memoir come out, um, you know, where he's sort of, uh, you, you know, uh, told us how bad of a bloke Cooper Cronk is, right, by not inviting him to the wedding and uh, having a go at uh, the Newcastle Knights uh, carrying on after the paralysis incident, which is like, what are you talking about, man? So there are some things there that it's just a little off at the moment. And I feel like, um, look, he's had a great record. And I, you know, in many ways, you kind of want to just have that record there and, and remember him for, I suppose, his accomplishments. But I don't know. I just think with just all this that's happening, I think the public is getting a little anxious about it. And I just think that, you know, if he plays, he plays, and I, we hope he plays well. But, you know, the worst situation is, is if he sort of ums and ahs and, and essentially, you know, uh, screws over probably some Queensland teams that desperately need to have a bit of certainty, you know. In this uncertain world, <laughs> you know, what's more certain? Are we going to survive coronavirus or will cameras be play again? I don't know what is more uncertain, right? They're both pretty bad. So, um, I, I, yeah, so look, Cameron Smith, Let's just hope that you uh, that you end up being a hero and, and finally figure out what you want to do. All right. Well, that's a nice way to wrap up our crystal ball <laughs> session of the year. Let's let's uh, wrap it up again in uh, aluminium foil and pack it away for time capsule. Uh, it. Yeah, yeah, time capsule. And then at the end of the year, we'll open it up again, have a look at our at our predictions and see how we've gone. But look, uh, that's that's it. That's the conclusion of our first episode this year. Bit of a fun look at the possible year ahead. Let's see what happens. Of course, no one could have predicted what happened last year at the beginning of the year. So uh, who knows what's going to happen this year? Hopefully, we can get back to some normality and uh, and some scandal-ridden NRL player on the back pages where they belong. <laughs> you know, like we absolutely. So um, look, uh, that's it. I think. Uh, I think that's a wrap, Tish. Uh, obviously, let's just remind everyone that uh, you know if you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, 
or on the Apple Store or the iTunes Store, whatever it's called. That would be great. Leave a review and add your comments. And don't forget to check us out on uh, uh, Twitter as well. I think we're on Facebook as well. And just like our pages and, and you'll you'll hear the latest from us when we drop our next episodes. So, Tish, over to you. Uh, oh, before we go, we, we are going to uh, do something a little different next week. We're going to try and do one of our special edition podcasts. So look out for that before we head back into our regular kind of uh, a regular but revamped uh, you know weekly kind of podcast so we're gonna we're gonna add a few different segments uh, this year and change things up slightly uh, so hopefully uh, I'm looking forward to it hopefully it'll be a bit more be a bit more fun and uh, more informative for everyone so Tish over to you to uh, sign us off yeah well thank you dr. T and look everybody get uh, don't forget next week episode 188. We've got a very special show for, for you guys next week, so uh, don't don't go out. And look, um, after that, we'll also have our season uh, preview coming up in uh, 189, and um, there's going to be a few special special chat tackles. I'm going to call it right here, Dr. T. We're going to do a goat check in 189, and I'm going to reveal a player that I believe is better than Brady uh, in terms of goat stakes, but, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. Oh, wow. But look, that's... So, yeah, there you go. But look, um, I think that's enough from us from the Rugby League uh, headquarters, Rugby League Republic headquarters here. But we're your host, Tish and Dr. T. Join us next time on the Rugby League Republic. Bye for now.